Do 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 Switch Mania Playcast. Welcome to episode nine of the Switch Mania Playcast. Playcast, playcast, playcast. That's right, the echo. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a um a weird and wild week, I will say. Yes, it has. We a had good week. From from JP slacking and finishing up Yoku to uh Myself playing Mario Maker 2, going off on Switch Adventures to get awesome stuff. I think this is going to be an action-packed episode. What do you think? Mm -hmm. I would agree. <laughs> yeah, I even went uh, went to a roller coaster rides this weekend, and still Ooh. managed to to get a lot of playtime in on my Switch. So it's nice. Been a, been a fun week. Been a fun week. So um, let's let's go over what we do at the beginning with the housekeeping and um, what kind of feedback do we have from the Yoku episode? I know I saw on social media some people posting some a lot of game comments about Yoku after we episode yeah. went live. I mean the the biggest one that stood out to me was actually through Facebook on the uh, Nintendo Switch Physical Game Collectors group. There was a person that I got to know and he private messaged me. And he, he made comments about our episode saying how much how much he enjoyed us talking about Yoku, that he had to go out now to find it, and yeah. he did. So he showed a picture of some of his recent pickups, and he went to GameStop. He picked up the Crash Team Racing with the bobblehead, but he picked up Yoku, and he started playing it. And then he, he was saying how much he was enjoying it. And he really likes Team 17 as well. So he said he didn't know how he missed this one initially, but after we talked about it and how fun it sounded, he decided to pick it up, and he agreed too. So he got a few hours into it already, and I thought that was great. I mean, you know, we we educated somebody about a game that they didn't know about or they had overlooked initially uh, to the point where they actually picked it up, played it, and was enjoying it. So it felt nice that I was able to talk to him after the episode just a little bit about the mechanics of the game and how it kind of flew under the radar for a lot of people, including myself when it first came out. But yeah, I heard that and also some other people just mentioning how, how Yoku was a fun game and how they enjoyed us just kind of dissecting it and, and bringing it to light a little bit. I would say, like, for me... That's kind of the goal behind doing the playcast is like if people can get half the enjoyment we're gonna get out of playing the games and just shooting the you know stuff about it. I'm gonna try to mm -hmm. avoid cursing this week. We'll see. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> shooting the stuff about um, about you know talking about these awesome games that we're playing, whether they be good or bad, mm -hmm. um, you know just people enjoying it along with us. That's half the fun right there. I mean, oh yeah, it's awesome. I know you know this week we we chose the the classic because we knew we would be obsessed with it, um, and of course you know as life dictates like we're gonna talk about it, but like we only get so far or only are able to play so much throughout the week, which also adds to the experience. Mm -hmm. And I think because like JP was like, oh, should we wait an extra week? And I'm like, nope, we need to go with the flow, and that'll be part of our recommendation. Like, it, it all adds in there because every single person out there is in a different situation. And not every week is time going to allow us to, you know, play a million hours of the Switch. It's just, we, we all have lives. <laughs> it's true. Darn life getting in the way of the Switch. <laughs> How dare you, life. <laughs> I'm shaking my angry fist at it. <laughs> That's where I said, like, JP slacking and finishing up Yoku, who's like, like classic, but... Yoku was so good, he had to finish it. It was like... Yeah, I, one of those things. I mean, after we talked about it, I, I knew it was a game that I, I had to go back and still finish. Because, you know, like, for instance, like, Outlast, 
we got, I got a few chapters in, and I haven't touched it since, and it's still, like, in my Switch case of a game that I want to go back to, but with Yoku, I was enjoying it so much, and I knew I was close to the end, that I just had to get to it, and and with, with Mario Maker coming out, I just knew that if I wasn't going to just kind of dedicate another extra day or two to Yoku, it was just going to be another game that kind of stood uncom- incompleted for me, mm-hmm. but... You know, I finished Yoku at, at 67% completion with the story mode done, and I loved it. I was so glad to beat it, and it felt good to kind of complete that story. But, yeah, I, I couldn't stop thinking about Yoku, so I just, had to, I just had to finish it. I mean, and that's exactly the point of the housekeeping is, like, we were able to, you know, complete the last game, which is awesome. Yes. And that's exactly it. Um, and as always with the housekeeping, any kind of ratings that y'all can give us on uh, what is it called now apple podcasts mm-hmm. <laughs> it's no longer it's no longer itunes um but if you can give us any kind of ratings it helps people more people be able to find us i mean it just you know helps everything grow yes please so give us those five stars give us some feedback let us know what you like what you want to hear about we're open to it so should we dive right into super mario maker 2 yeah, let's do it. Let's dive in, so that way we can get this underway. So, um, let's go ahead and do the wallpaper. Um, mm-hmm. so it's it's pretty simple. Everybody should kind of know, um, <laughs> like what this is. But um, so Super Mario Maker Two is a two D platforming and level editing game for the Nintendo Switch. It's a sequel to the 2015 Wii U exclusive Super Mario Maker. And the game expands on its predecessor with new features such as level style base level styles that are based on Super Mario 3D World. Um, it incorporates gameplay aspects from that 3D platformer, such as the Super Bell Power Up and new level themes such as the desert, snow, sky, and forest, all in all the different modes. So you have the Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario 3, Super Mario World, and then new Super Mario Brothers. You get all of those themes in all of those levels, which is ridiculous. And one thing I definitely want to talk about as we go in depth. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, I say, you know, aspects of the 3D platformer, but everything in the Super Mario 3D World levels are 2D, which is Mm -hmm. really cool. Um, Aside from the level themes, there's further terrain options, such as finally having slopes, um, and there's also nighttime features, uh, which can alter some of the course elements available as well. Um, in addition to Mario this time, uh, you can play as Luigi, Toad, and Toadette in both single player and in network play. Um, in multiple player mode, it allows the player to complete compete against or co- quote unquote cooperate alongside three random players online. Um, and offline single-player solo mode is also featured in the game, which contains over 100 pre-installed courses made by Nintendo. Um, and Super Mario Maker 2 was released June 28th, so like five days ago, um, for <laughs> the time of this recording. Um, in order to share, download, and play courses online, you, it is required to have a Nintendo Switch online membership, though. Mm-hmm. So um, that's an interesting aspect. So I definitely played every single mode in this game. Um, aside from couch co-op, which I haven't dug into yet, so I can we can go into all of the modes here, which will be really cool. Um, I mean, for me, my general stepping back at it, this Super Mario Maker Two is the new Mario release that I wanted that the new Super Mario Brothers games were trying to be. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, we got new Super Mario U Deluxe on the Switch. Super Mario Maker 2 is that new Mario. You have short levels, which, if you ever played Mario, Mario 3, Mario World, the levels are short. Um, and, you know, it's shorter levels. It's palatable. There's a fun, interesting story. Like, this is a new Mario release for me, and it's awesome. It's like, you got this is where the 2D Mario games are going, and then the creation mode just allows it to last forever. Like, oh, yeah. literally forever. So what are your thoughts on this after you, you gave it, you know, a good few days here? Yeah, so I got about, I would say, four to five hours of gameplay in, and I haven't even touched the story mode. I wanted to, I started it, like I, I entered it, and I started talking with the like the NPC characters after, you know, the castle goes away, but I didn't even get to go into, like, level one, so that I can't talk about. What I really wanted to get to was the level creation I really wanted to try my hand at it and also try people's uh, custom-created levels. So that I got to do a little bit, and I love it. You know, I'm not a creative guy, but what I like about this is you don't need to be. I mean, it helps, right? I mean, I've seen people's levels just be better than, I think, anything Nintendo could even put together. The 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 creativity people have of how they how they utilize certain objects and how they just make a level flow is just unbelievable. You know, I, I make the joke that it's like war games where Nintendo created this game to see who could be the next level creator uh, <laughs> for, for Mario. And this is what they're using. So they're going to watch everybody's and they're going to try them out and then they're going to recruit you. That's how it's going to happen. Yeah. Because because it's just unbelievable that just I don't want to say like regular Joes like us, but just anybody can make a level now. And oh, it's, it's definitely very, regular Joes like us. <laughs> yeah. And it's and it's as simple as, you know, you place blocks and you place a, a Goomba and you put the flag and boom, you have a level to just like these intricate designs of, of different doors and different pathways. And just, I mean, levels could, like you said, they could be super short, you know, a, a run and done. And other ones are just like puzzle levels where you have to, you know, you can set conditions. So you have to hit all 35 Goombas. You have to collect all 125 coins. You, you can set the... The criteria to what you want it to be so you have this ability to just really expand on what is feasible in a mario game now mm-hmm. and yeah it's all 2d but i think that's great because it you know it keeps to the tried and true nature of, of mario and i i loved it i got to create two levels uh so, which we can go into detail about of kind of the feedback that i got on the to. first level we're going because- to so jp um as you can tell jp is getting a little anxious and crazy um this <laughs> game is very involved and there's multiple spots we gotta hit man i haven't even talked about how much i've played this game yet sure um so i've played it about 10 hours mm-hmm. um and the reason why i haven't played any kind of coach co-op yet is because my daughter has spent all of her time messing with the costumes in the online mode and changing mm-hmm. my character to herself as the girl and so if anybody goes on and sees a girl as me it's because my daughter went on there and, and changed <laughs> it to her and made a shirt or something um so in the 10 hours though i completed 100 not 100 percent, but i completed a uh, story mode all the way mm-hmm. um that's just creating the castle because uh, basically that's part of the story is that the erase dog erases the castle and you got to rebuild mm-hmm. it. Um, so I beat all of those, but there's still a you can beat that whole story mode and not finish all the levels, and you can go back and finish those levels. So I haven't went back and finished said levels yet. 
Um, so let's jump through. I actually did bullets because this stuff's crazy. <laughs> and yeah, that the R levels and stuff go down. It's, it's much mm-hmm. later. Um, so talking about the so many cool new things would be the first aspect. So I, you didn't play too much of the original Super Mario Maker, right, JP? I think I played zero of the original. Okay. I, yeah, I, this this was the new entry point for me, and I've watched people play the original, but I and I have it for the for the Wii U. And I even have the 3DS version, but I just never got around to really going into it. So this was the first time for me. So the 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 cool things that are new, such as the slopes, are awesome. Ha- seeing those new level themes, like a desert, a snow, a sky, and a forest theme, in the original Super Mario Brothers, like mm-hmm. it, it adds a level of depth that was unexpected. Um, when I when I went to play this game, I didn't expect to get like a a brand new Mario experience because in the original Super Mario Maker, everything stayed almost true and standard to those games. So Mario One, Mario Three, Mario World, and New Super Mario were kind of like in that standard bare bones state where they didn't do too much new. Mm-hmm. Um, it was cool because you could see like a couple new enemies from mario 3 or world in the original mario brothers you're like oh crap that's what it would look like on the on the 8-bit nintendo (laughs) um now it's like overwhelming there's so much like it's just insane how like how much crossover there is and you can see like so much craziness the the one omission that i wish they would have kept which they got rid of was they had like a specialty mushroom in the original where you could have like link using an amiibo or sonic and you could play and then you could develop a sonic level and you could run through as sonic if you don't get injured um they replaced that with a giant mushroom now in the original super mario but um that to me like it's not going to limit the creativity because you could still create a level based on a character you just can't play as that character and they nintendo like was smart about the character one with the with the wii u super mario maker where they would have courses downloadable um, and like little challenges, and it'd be like, "All right, you play this Arena one from Game Center CX, and you unlock Arena in the game playable in Super Mario Maker, which is a Japanese comedian who does Game Center CX and plays Famicom games, <laughs> and he's in the Super Mario Brothers game now, and you can play him on the US Wii U. <laughs> like it's oh, wow. it's some crazy stuff <laughs> and like if you've never seen that show it's like my favorite show of all time um and s- seeing that like just shared in the u.s with no connotations like was hilarious to me <laughs> it's like nobody knew what that was mm-hmm. but, um but that is going to be missing from this version um the um the other stuff that i loved was there's um it was playing some of the user content, but there was one level that seemed like it was almost Super Mario Brothers two style skins in Mario three. Like everything looked like Mario two somehow. Oh, and I I saw it. I don't know if it was just me, like you know, thinking out, think overthinking it or something. But mm-hmm. it seemed like everything looked like Mario two to me. Um, it might have just been a Mario 2 style looking level in Mario 3 and everything just looked like that to me. It might have been perfect. There was mm-hmm. also somebody did a Game Boy level. Um, so I unlocked the Super Ball so you could, from Mario Land. And oh. you can do a Game Boy style skin in there too where it's black and white. 
and what? somebody made a Mario Land level where it has uses the gravity from the space style one and you can like so you're playing in like the Mario Land space level with the Super Ball and your and it has like it just looks like Mario Land. I was like that was it blew me away. I was wow. like this is something that is completely brand new. Uh-huh. Um, the other thing that's cool too is that in there's a Mario Maker hammer that you unlock when you um complete the game that you can use to make levels with so you can break blocks with the hammer and Mario can like he almost looks like he's pooping out red blocks <laughs> where, you can, where you can create blocks to to climb which was an interesting way to unlock it you had to like utilize the techniques um mm-hmm. I would say that story mode's perfect as not only a tutorial on how to play Mario and and how to unlock techniques little by little, but mm-hmm. like ideas for level puzzles and level design that you might not have thought of. So like going through and learning how unlock keys work throughout the level and having mm-hmm. multiple key. Um, there are as you go through story mode, there's like multiple stars for the levels for like a difficulty, and it's like one, two, three, and I think four. I have not been able to beat a four star level. Or the highest star. It might be three, might be the highest star. But like mm. I have not been able to beat a max star level. Like it they kick your butt. It's like it is really difficult and it's awesome to play though because it, there's a, sec, a a sense of accomplishment when you can beat a, a difficult level. Mm-hmm. So um I know you don't have much on the, the new stuff because you only like watched Mario Maker, but like even the little tornado guys that were in it now, and the in the evil son from Mario Three, and seeing that evil son in like the different Marios, like all of that was like mind blowing. And I just see like so much you can do with this game to the point where I'm probably just gonna play levels and um, not create too much more. <laughs> I created a couple for the uh, the the fans here, and as easy as I tried to make them, I think the highest completion rate I have is fifty percent. And I made the super easy one. <laughs> yeah. I, I think what's interesting is that uh, I think a report came out today that said that first week sales of this were double that of the Wii U version when it came out. And, you know, it just goes to show, I mean, one, obviously there's a lot of Switch players and people who are picking this up. But, I mean, like you said, this game can honestly go on forever now. Anyone can make a level and as long as they can beat it, it can get uploaded, and you're always going to be having new content. And what's nice is, you know, people are going to be tweaking their levels, too, based on the feedback that they're getting. Yeah. So even a level that you played before could get a revitalization at some point, and something different could be added to it. And it's just amazing to see how quickly, you know, you go on to search for levels, like user-created levels, and there's just so much. And, you know, you can sort by, you know, the rating, the type of style, because you can select you know, two different, um, descriptions for it. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, what is it like? Yep, exactly. You Short know, and sweet. yep. So it's just, there's something for everybody. And, to you know, things yeah, there's a perspective be- though. When you talk about the amount, when I played it on release day, um, I, it rates you when you're playing endless mode online, it shows mm-hmm. you how many you're like, what position you are. And I was at like ten or twenty levels beat, and I was at like thirty thousand. And I was wow. like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get up to ten thousand. So I got down to ten thousand, 
and then I left for the weekend where I didn't wasn't online, but I was still playing it offline, playing story mm-hmm. mode. And um, when I got back, it was over, and I was like twenty or thirty because it saves your position. So I still had like twenty or thirty levels beat on endless mode, mm-hmm. and it said like over a hundred thousand or no five hundred thousand, some some ridiculous amount. And I'm like, oh, what the heck? But like. Mm-hmm. As you beat more levels, it it, ch- it chunks it off. I think I'm at like 38 now or something levels beat, and but like yeah, so it it plays you. That's how many more people got online though. It's insane. And it's like, just gonna be increasing for a, a good long while. So let's go to the um the nitpicks because sure. anything wrong with this game is literally just something that's almost a nitpick um that you would want. And mm-hmm. so, so first of all is the, um, what you mentioned, trying to find stuff is a little bit difficult. Like if I wanted to find a specific Switch Mania, I thought if I tagged it or wrote in the, in the title Switch Mania, we'd be able to find it. But no, you have to share the code. Yeah. And once you share the code, or my own personal code, or the level code, then people can find it. And right. when I play a level, I can, see, or everybody that plays my level, I can click on that and then click on them too mm. so then i can see what they've played and what they've made so like when jp plays one of my levels i can click on jp and then check out his levels like mm-hmm. so that's a way to find it but it's a little convoluted you should be able to literally just have your friends list that you already have on the switch and just sort um that being said um online mode um you can't play with your friends so like if we created a switch mania like we can't create a Switch Mania room. We can't, like, online mode is random. So you're playing with randoms online. I so, think that's supposed to change, though, isn't it? I heard rumors, but that's just rumors. I haven't seen anything confirmed by Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like, so it's it's interesting. So when I played online, it's completely, I don't know if it's, like, not silence, but, like, it's not interactive at all like mm-hmm. how i see it playing mario maker 2 online is going through with like you and a couple other buddies and we have the chat app on or however we chat or skype right here mm-hmm. um and we're sitting there just laughing and going through it and having a good time just talking smack and going oh you knocked me into the pit or whatever, <laughs> whatever happens and we're racing to get to the end because even in cooperative mode you know, they talk about cooperate, like you're still the first, pe- you still got to get through the level and the first person to get through, you know, and all that right. um, when you're doing that. So still a competitive aspect. And, and I, I've seen people complaining about it um, online on YouTube channels and on reviews, but the online is a bit spotty. Um, it's... It's like there'll be like a dropped frame or two where it stutters while you're in the middle of a jump, which is mm. weird. I, I guess like what I read was somebody said is instead of degradating the quality, they tried to keep the quality going while you're playing of, of the levels instead of like degradating the frames or something so that for a second so that way you, could, you don't have any lag or stutter. Like, mm-hmm. they just, it's just not optimized correctly is what they were saying. Like, somebody who's very tech-savvy in the on, how, how to play online and everything. Um, so, it's not quite perfect when you're playing online, which is unfortunate. Um, what I'm looking forward to is some cu- couch co-op at these conventions. Like, playing Mario Maker 2 with a bunch of friends just sitting around in a hotel room after after the convention drinking some beers. 
like that's gonna be hilarious and crazy because <laughs> like some of the characters that i meet at these conventions and us all just dropping into a switch game like together mm-hmm. like that's gonna be insanity that's what I'm looking forward to uh, with that because the online right now, until they if they fix it, that's gonna be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I absolutely could see people like just messing with people and and purposely knocking people off into pits. Oh yeah, just like link the the link game, the uh, tri- Triforce Heroes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was it Triforce Heroes? It was the the one where you played three players online. Yep, Legend of Zelda. Yeah, it was that game. Like I would play it, and then the guy would just grab you and throw you into a lava <laughs> pit, and it's like, really? Like this is fun. You made me remember one of the levels I saw that somebody had created was using Yoshi to get to the end, and you have to sacrifice Yoshi. Oh yeah, like throughout the entire stage. And I was like, ah, that's you know, it's a running joke that you see a lot of times with like memes or little comic strips of like uh, about Super Mario World, Super Mario World. And I like that they, ah, I like that they incorporated into here. So you see him constantly using a different Yoshi throughout the level and just like throwing him into the lava pit just to make it through. <laughs> but yeah, it's I mean that you know you you say possibilities are endless, but it's really true. I mean everybody can make a, the same level different, right? You can use the same tools, you can use the same world, the yeah. same style, and it's always going to be different. And the best part about, like, even Endless Challenge online is it can go forever because it randomly picks levels based on the difficulty. So it's, like, probably the clear ratio and everything. But Mm -hmm. it it picks it based on the difficulty, and it just throws in a level into Endless mode. So I think it has easy, medium, hard, and expert or something like that. Like, the... Mm -hmm. I'm definitely saying them wrong, but yeah, like, it can go on for a long time, and it's super cool that they um, decided to throw that in there. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so we can go over the uh, the clear levels now, and who um, who in the Switch community and the listeners for the Switch Mania Playcast were able to get the top times and scores for our levels. I have mine. Actually, I took a screenshot before we, re- we recorded tonight. Um, I turned mine on, so I have my two levels, so I can read the nice. uh, names of the of the fastest timers. So the first level that we created, um, I created the first two because I played it on release day. Um, mm-hmm. Was I called it Switch Mania because we we're supposed to name them Switch Mania? JP, you, you didn't name. My it. second one has it in there. <laughs> the first one, I'm like, you're already failing our listeners. <laughs> um, but you can't search by title, so it's kind of a moot point. Um, See, there you go. And I call I, I just put in the in the comments Switch Mania Playcast on both. Um, called it Switch Mania Super Easy, which is funny because some of the comments complained it was too easy, and I'm like, it's called Super Easy. Like it's so, so your your comments were super easy and mine were the complete opposite. Yeah. So here's the thing though is like somebody's like oh it's too easy. Um, one guy just drew a penis. I, I saw that. And I was like yes. I did not report it either. I was like no, that's ridiculous. Because when you give somebody the option to draw, they're going to draw a phallical okay. symbol. Like it's gonna happen. <laughs> and it happened immediately. Um. So I had um, one thousand eight hundred and sixty five people. Complete, uh, complete my level out of 3,618. So it was only a 50% completion rate. And I'm saying, like, you literally can just run from left to right with little... Like, there's no tricks. You really can't die except for enemy interaction. Mm-hmm. And it's still allowed for... And you, and you can beat it within, like, four to five seconds. 
So, so maybe you can answer this then. So the, I'm looking at the clear rate. So the denominator is how many people have tried it, not how many times it's been tried. Like the same person tried it 20 times. No, it's um, it's that many people have cleared it that have tried. That's how many people have cleared it. So when okay. I when I sit there and clear it, your level, that's a one out of one. And so if another these? person plays it and doesn't clear, it's one out of two. So so just for somebody like me who doesn't know, so you have the hearts, which is when people like it. Well, and then what What about the, the two feet? Because I have a number next to that. Two feet is people that have have uh, beaten it, and some reason it doesn't match all the time with the clear rate. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just um, want to make sure. Yeah, the interesting thing is, is that, um, I mean... For me, on one of your levels, you you would have just a thousand, two thousand deaths just right from me. So, <laughs> like I'm just saying, like you'd have like ten, twenty thousand like <laughs> non clears just from me alone. <laughs> so, um, so that being said, that was a popular one. Uh, the world record holder is Red McKnight, which that's uh, our classic. Your one of your contributors, right? Yeah, I um. And he got a four seconds and point three one seven, and there was another guy that was tying him and could not beat his his time. So I think that's the fastest time you can do on that level. Yeah, I'm trying. To, oh, right, yeah, Red McKnight. Yep. So Stewart on Twitter, aka Red McKnight. I think he actually holds the record for some uh, more than just one of our levels. But yeah, yeah, I I really liked it. You know, we posted the level and he got really into it and was. Really proud to to have the fastest score, and awesome. was talking about it, and that's that's really what I like about this game is it it there's already a Switch community, but I feel this is building an even bigger one now. Yeah, and I mean when we go over our favorite levels, like after we go over ours <laughs> and the people that completed them, the world record holders, um, I think he has a couple that I liked. So mm-hmm. um, let's see. So my second level um, was called Switch Mania Speed Run, another one that was purposely easy. But I added a couple obstacles into it um, just to slow the player down. So you had to like get by them, like the little whirlwind, uh, whirlwind guy. If you mm-hmm. if you hit him wrong, he would slow you down. So it cuts your time out for a speed run. Um, and that is Daiti is the world record holder for that one at 13 seconds, uh, three three three. Nice. Uh, I think beat out Red McKnight barely. Um, so I had a. 30% completion rate on that one, which was super easy. Like, there was hardly any enemies in it. Um, so I had 595 clears out of 1,633. So, interesting that we had that many people that couldn't clear. A fairly, like, I created them easily. And that was, like, so the level that loaded up when my game... Because it, it'll randomly load up, like, a random level when you mm-hmm. start creating... That's what I used, and I like cut out all of the um, the death parts. <laughs> like that's that's all I did. So I like I blocked off the ways you could die just to make it easier for speedrunning. And like again, craziness though. But congrats to um, Red McKnight for the Switch made super easy, and congrats to Dai or Dai T mm-hmm. um, for uh, Switch Mania speedrun. That was super. <laughs> Congratulations! Impressive. Super impressive. All right, so let's go over yours, and sure. and we can go into um into depth on JP and how he is a troll as well, because you are definitely a troll with your first level. 
Yeah, this this is new to me. So yeah, let's just get into it, and I'll offer my take on the feedback that I got. Um, so I made two levels. The first one I called "New Release Tuesday," which is and JP the point, is a troll, aka. <laughs> okay, I said, "Can you make it to that new game you've been waiting to pick up?" And that was the idea. You know, you had a long hard day. You want to get to the goal. I mean, that's kind of how I envision it. So I I did make it challenging because one thing I've learned while watching people play this game is it. They keep trying over and over, and I thought it would be fun to make a challenging level. And I'm not a good and there's a difference between challenging and trolling. And I'll I'll go into depth because I went into um I actually wrote some notes into what makes a level challenging and what makes a level trolling and how it goes from challenging to trolling. Mm -hmm. So I had two thousand nine hundred seventy people try this level, ten percent completed. So that was a point thirty three percent completion. The world record holder is Soulcatcher at 19 seconds, point nine five zero. Um, six likes, 50, it says 56 feet, so I don't know kind of how that percentage works then. But yeah, I have to say, this took me maybe an hour or so to hour, hour and a half to, pl- to create and then beat it myself. I mean, it took me, I think, like a half an hour just to beat the level on You on didn't my- realize you had to beat your own troll level too, which was pretty funny. <laughs> like when you to upload it, you have to beat your level. <laughs> yeah, and I I like that check and balance because you can make it as crazy as you want, but it needs to be Beatable. doable. But to me, I was very proud of the level because I had just played the basic tutorial. That's to the first day I played this was Sunday night, and I turned it on. I played through the basic level, kind of just showing how to delete things, undo things, drag and drop. Um, and I was I was really proud of this level. I made it into three parts i believe so there was a pipe that took you to the second part mm-hmm. and then to the final one and i had fun with it i mean i kept toying around with it i like that when you kind of died you saw the trajectory of, of mario so you kind of knew where to place things just based on on your jumping pattern mm-hmm. and I, I was excited to upload it i thought wow i just made a mario level for the very first time and you know i was able to beat it and like i said i'm a i'm not a good speedrunner. i'm not even a good mario player i can make it through the the actual games, but, you know, I see people created levels and I can't even do them. So when I beat it, I was like, okay, no, this is fun. So, I, so I, you I, want I, to know it, why it, you were able to beat that and not others? Because <laughs> sure. you created it. You knew where everything was. So all you had to do is run the path that you created where when you're playing it from a blind perspective, mm-hmm. um, you don't know what's coming up. And so I wrote down, like, notes into good level design and and how your levels are crazy so here's what i wrote so challenging gives the player some leeway but requires skill trolling does things that causes the player to die until they know what to expect so that's what happens in the level um each movement should only have one challenge um per section and yours has like multiple required in tandem for example you have to do a pixel perfect jump where you have to avoid a spike and hit the platform within a single pixel of... So using that pathway, you created it within the exact pixel that you have to do to make it. And so you have to avoid the spike and the platform, which is an in-tandem challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, each mo- So each movement only having one challenge makes it hard. Doing it that way is why it takes took you like an hour to complete that first jump. Um, mm-hmm. And then you go from that first jump, you have to maintain your momentum and hit a, hit hit that second jump perfectly to land on a single block 
that you have to maintain momentum and then jump off of a musical block perfectly to get to the next platform spot, which is when you can finally take a second rest if you need to. Mm-hmm. Like, that's some craziness. <laughs> that's some that's some trolling right there. I was able to do it really quickly, by the way. Um, but that's not where the trolling starts or stops, though, which was crazy to me. So... The Pixel Perfect jumps back-to-back with note block timing momentum to make it to the next jump is what I wrote. Um, enemy, the enemy RNG. I don't know if you know what enemy RNG means. Mm-mm. But you added that immediately, which means you have random enemies that jump. And so like it's not at a set pattern that the little piranha plant that you put in there jumps. So sometimes you could almost jump right under them. Mm-hmm. Doing a speed run, whereas other times he's sitting right in your way, which means that for a speed running purpose, there's no consistency. But on top of that, you added Bowser fire, which comes in random patterns. <laughs> so it's like completely messing with the player. So each time you finally make that jump, and then there's a random fire in the way that kills you. Trolled. <laughs> and then when you jump down the pipe, not knowing and not developing the level, you have to, you automatically die. Because as soon as you fall down, if you don't know, you need to hold right and hit a buzzy beetle while holding the jump button to jump over the next set of spikes you added, which are another almost pixel perfect because you can't do it too soon or too fast. Like, you wouldn't know that until you've died once. So you have to die to continue. Um, It's impossible to clear first time due to all that. And then once you get over that, you get into up to the next pipe. It's another RNG section with Bowser and a homing bonsai bill. Um, that's about where I ended up having to quit. So I got past the bonsai bill, and Bowser just jumped into me and mm-hmm. killed me. And randomly, like he just randomly decided to jump. And so, like that was it was insane. It was like the most anger that I had was going through your level out of any level I played, like the whole week. <laughs> like it was just so trolling. I was like, holy shit! I just think you didn't. I don't think you meant to do it, but like. I was like, holy crap, it made me mad. Like, London's like, are you okay, daddy? <laughs> like, sitting there cursing while playing your level. Because <laughs> it would take me, you know, 10 to 20 times to get that pixel-perfect first jump, and then when I did, RNG hit me. Or I'd mm-hmm. get, get down the pipe, and then all of a sudden I held right too much, and I'd hit the spike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, then I had to go back and complete it all over again. So I played yours probably an hour of my 10 hours, by the way. <laughs> And no completion, by the way. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all good. I, your second level, though, was, was fun. So Yeah. So the second level was... And it uh, wasn't easy. It, it was still hard. <laughs> but it was it was fun. Yeah, so the second level was called Switch Mania Playcast. I had 313 people attempted. 20 cleared it. So 6.38% completion. And Red McKnight is the world record holder at 9 seconds, 0.851 milliseconds. So and he, that got, one, he got 9.851. I had 10.1. Okay. So yep, I, was, I, was, I was right on his his um heels. I could not beat your level without pressing back once. So, like, you have to, to, in order to get his, you have to hold forward the whole time and run and jump. And there was one section where I had to hit back slightly to avoid dying. Because, mm-hmm. again, there was a lot of RNG with enemies. You had the boom booms jumping around. You had the turtles and the randomness of the note block jump it's mm-hmm. not the note block though it's the little springs in that one but right. the spring jump um there's a little bit of randomness when it comes to that which all affects your time for the level um from mm-hmm. a speedrunner perspective because i mean 
I've speed run world records on Mario and Mario three. So I was funny with one of your comments on when I, I posted that you were like jokingly saying JP's a troll and somebody's like, Oh, don't worry. People just aren't, aren't good players. And I'm like, really? I'm not a good player. Okay. <laughs> like I might know good level design a little bit. It's <laughs> just like, it was a, it was a frustrating level. Um, the thing is, though, is that you have a, a fun troll level for people now. You're going to have a really low clear rate. I guarantee you. Like, it's going to be awesome. But um, with your other one, though, it was awesome with the um, the RNG just throwing it in there because it was shorter and doable. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? There wasn't – you had one challenge in there, like I mentioned. Like, you had the one challenge, which was the enemy RNG in there, where you didn't have to worry about the pixel-perfect jumps with – you know, dying fall deaths and <laughs> like uh, spike deaths as well. It was just the one portion. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know, did anybody ever? I would it'd be interesting to know if anybody took the other path because you said choose which path you want to take. Yeah, I think everyone opted for the top one, as far as I could tell, and even I did because I because what happens is if you select the mushroom in the beginning, mm-hmm. you're too big to really go underneath the smaller one or the the lower level. I mean, so what the level is for those who don't know is. I wrote out Switch Mania Playcast in blocks, yep. and then I kind of put like a straight bar underneath it, sort of like you're underlying the word. So you, if you're small, Mario, you can go underneath it. And I realized, I guess, after I, I created the level that I put the fire rotation sticks mm-hmm. on the bottom half, but also the enemies could sometimes fall. So yep. I realized that that does add a little bit of a challenge. It's doable, but it's a lot harder and it's also in my mind speed runnable in the bottom because you have to slow down to go around the sticks and everything the fire right. so like you can't just like run whereas on the top you can with perfectly timed jumps you can continue to run so there's no way you could break the speed run going the bottom row right so i do remember shanna i had her look at the first level she didn't enjoy dying in that first section i think a lot of people i think that's when they rage quit the second level she was able to make it I would she? say halfway through. Hmm? Who was she? Shanna. Oh, Shanna. Nice. Yeah. I had her try it. So the second one, she wasn't able to beat it, but so I showed her that level, and she thought it was a lot of fun, and I thought so too. I, I wanted it to be short and sweet, and I think now I have a better understanding of what speedrunning is about that I was wrong to classify it like that. <laughs> um, but no, overall, I would say the majority of people were very positive in their feedback, um, even the ones that had the difficulties with the first level, I was a little surprised at some of the feedback I, I got just because I had never played this game before. I never made a level before. So to me, I was very proud of what I had done. And then when you kind of hear negative constructive <laughs> criticism, if that makes any sense, it's kind of disheartening because to me, the whole purpose of this game, I think is that community building of wanting to share what you created, have people play it, give you feedback, have fun with it. And then when you kind of hear like the the negative remarks, it's like, okay, well, why am I kind of doing this then? Because I thought it was fun and a lot of people don't. I mean, and to me now, it's more of a, a learning lesson. Like I can go back into that first level and I can completely redesign it or just destroy it and then, you know, make a version two that's much more doable and more friendlier. Well, but- if you think about it, people have fun being able to be able to complete the level. Like most people, yeah. if if only two less point zero five percent of people can play can complete it out of those thousands of people those are the only 
couple people that are getting enjoyment out of your level. That's true. The rest of the people are frustrated and quit it, so they're not liking it. You know what I mean? So, I do. I mean, literally, like, even on that first jump or your first level, if you got rid of that bottom spike, then mm-hmm. it's a pixel-perfect jump that you're not going to immediately die from. So that gets rid right. of one piece, and then you add two blocks that you have to land on, which also gives you a little running ramp to the next spot. And then, mm-hmm. you know, like, you can... And then the RNG of the second spot is the challenge there, so it's not as frustrating to get to. You know what I mean? Like, there's little ways, and it's like removing one little thing and adding one block here or one block there would... And you're still only going to have probably 10% of the people be able to clear it, even with making it easier. Because it's still ridiculously hard. Right. And being ridiculously hard is fine. It's mm-hmm. just pixel-perfect jumps. There was something I read, and it was with level design from the creators of Super Mario Brothers and how it's a... It's why Super Mario Brothers 2, when they just increased the difficulty a little bit, was not even brought over to the U.S. because it was deemed too difficult by Japanese gamers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's nowhere near what people are doing with Mario Maker and Mario Maker 2 with difficulty. And The thing is, though, is that there's a whole youtube sector of people that have gotten so good at mario maker because all they do is play the troll levels where you have to spin jump over on top of turtle shells and use yoshi and sacrifice them to the to the ether and like do all of that all pixel perfect that people love to watch too Mm -hmm. but i don't love to play that (laughs) i like to watch it but i like to play games where i can just run around jump around and enjoy myself so yeah, that's where it's like, I don't think you should take anything to heart when it comes to Mario Maker 2, because every single gamer is going to be different, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, you know what, I wasn't upset about the, that it was, uh, that it was difficult, and like you said, with RNG, Mm -hmm. I think I was just, I think it hit me because it was my very first level ever, and the, the way that it was worded in terms of feedback was more of a personal attack than the level itself. So that's kind of what got to me, but no, you're. I mean, how you described it is is constructive criticism and feedback, and it yeah. it gives me room to think of. Okay, now let me go back and how can I actually make this a more enjoyable level? Because right, I I made the level from the perspective of I see these people making crazy levels and trying to beat it, and I thought, oh, let me make a challenging level. But at the same time, you know, that other component is making it a doable level, so, and just because I can beat it. I mean, it took me a half an hour. It shouldn't probably take anybody really a half an hour to beat a level, unless you're, unless it's, I don't know, well done, I guess. But yeah. I, I would say there was one thing I I heard from professional level creators, the ones that created some of the levels that went into Mario Maker Two. They created all of the levels for the Nintendo World Championships in 2015, 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, they said that, like, for especially for a speed run one, they create speed run levels where you can't die. You have to get through it as fast as possible, but you can't even die because, like, it's just the frustrating part or the challenging part is getting through the level fast, not trying to stay alive and having to restart and restart and restart and restart a million times. You're starting from scratch every time. It's the getting through the level efficiently, and that's kind of what Miyamoto had all of his programmers doing back in the day is, like, everybody should be able to complete the levels. It's just... How you get to the levels, what makes it fun. 
Mm-hmm. And so, and some people that. enjoy the troll levels though. Like there was a few people I saw in your comment section that were like, "Oh yeah, this is super cool." Like, <laughs> and that's yeah, and that, that's the thing. You're gonna get that wide range of the player who's just wants to casually play a level, have fun, and and move on to the next one. And then there's the ones that are like, "I'm looking for a challenge." And depending on who's making the level, it could be a real challenge or an accidental challenge. Yeah. And and you know that being said though, like playing endless mode. I'm mm-hmm. probably not going to play above. I, I, easy is too easy for my my taste. I, I'm mm-hmm. not. I'm. Ne- I'm probably never going to die in that section, which mm-hmm. is fun. I'm going to see how far I can go. Um, but like medium might be as hard as I go. I might go to the the third difficulty, but there's no mm-hmm. way I'm going to expert. Like mm-hmm. if I do, it's I might clear one level. Like it's it's not my cup of tea. Um, no. So let's go over to the. Um, the listen or the best community levels that we saw. Um, sure. So Red McKnight had some really cool ones. He had um, Mario's Pleasant Night Walk, as well as Volgar the Level. So Volgar the Level is based off Volgar the Viking, which is a Switch digital only currently release. Currently, mm-hmm. I say because it's physical on other consoles. Um, I was only one of few people that actually played Volgar um, and completed it. And it's that one too is trollish in times, but Volgar itself is a trollish game. Mm-hmm. So he kind of wanted to make it trollish, but again, though, it had like the one or two aspects combined in certain sections. And so I would go through, you would die, but then you would have enough breathing room to get to the next section. So it was, it was still pretty, pretty crazy. Um, we had Retro Break that did 3D World Fun in the Clouds. I don't know if you played that one. Mm-mm. It was ridiculously hard. <laughs> like, it was insane, but it was it was fun. Not too many people completed it. Um, mm-hmm. One that's called Bonkers by Donald R. Um, enjoyed that one. One that was called Don't Move, which is a speedrun auto Mario one. Um, I have the world record on that one. Because nice. literally you don't move, but at the end I just moved real fast and... <laughs> I moved on my own and speed ran it. Um, there's one called Don't Stop by Shaggy um, MN75 that I enjoyed. Um, mm-hmm. Now, the Game Boy one that I mentioned, that one is available. It's called Back to Game Boy by New Quentin. Um, and none of these, I don't have the actual codes. Um, but if you all want the codes for these levels, hit us up. Um, comment on our episodes and we will hunt down the codes. Um, but like, for example, Back to Game Boy has 145,859 clears. Wow. So it's just, it's not hard, but it's really fun to play. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's another one, 1-1 Homecoming Hills, which is like a really simple, felt like a Mario Brothers level created by a guy called Ohara. Um, and basically it has over 300,000 clears. So, I mean, there's some super popular levels that were Mm -hmm. really good. Um, puzzle, that one had a lot of puzzle solving in it. And so those were some of my favorite levels. What were some of yours? Sure. Well, my absolute favorite is the one that I hold the world record in right now, but that's from random Andy. It's called double or nothing. And it was really fun. It was, it was short and sweet. And my record is nine. 
9.21 seconds. So nice. I think it's doable to beat it. I hope no one does. I, I like seeing the world record holder. As I'm looking at it, I'm going to take a screenshot right now for proof. But <laughs> that was a good one. Then one that I really liked was, I have it up. So from Dithy PGH, so Davey on Twitter, mm-hmm. his son uh, made a level. And I actually talked to him afterwards because it's called 1-1 Night. It was super fun. It was in the style of New Super Mario Brothers U. And it was just a really enjoyable level. And I asked him afterwards, you know, like, your son made this? Like, I couldn't even make this on my best day with all the tools. His son's 10. And it just goes to show, I mean, age is just not a factor at all. It's just like what you have in your mind and how to, how to bring it to life on here. And it's just so enjoyable to see, like, father and son playing the game as well. So, so weird, too, because, like, London's been creating levels for over a year on Mario Maker on the Wii U for <laughs> me. So, like, as soon as I can get her away from the daggone, like, creating costumes, um, I'm going to have her create a few <laughs> levels, and I'll upload the levels once she makes them. So that way people that go to our Switch Mania levels that I've created, like, they'll be mm-hmm. able to see the new ones. Those are all the rest of the levels are going to be created by London. I'll call them London or something. So that nice. way you know that, that they're hers. But, like, she's created some really fun stuff. They're usually single screen, but they're mm-hmm. really fun. Um, nice. But yeah. I had a I had a level in mind that I I haven't built yet, but where you see the flag right in front of you, but you can't get to it, you kind of have to backtrack. Nice. And I I was debating doing something like that, where like there's too many blocks blocking you from just jumping into the flag, so you kind of have to go backwards and then get to a higher point. So I, that's what I like about this game. It's just something pops into your head and you're like, let me try that and see if I can make it fun and, and just make it in general. I think and, that was the 3D World Fun in the Clouds by Retro Break. You like went through cloud paths and you literally like skirt around the flagpole and can't touch it. And you just oh, go wow. all the way back through the whole level uh-huh. and all the way back around and all the way, like three times. And it's like multiple pathways on a single level. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So the two, uh, there's, I played about like six or seven levels that were uh, put under our thread. But one is by Reviews by Hughes, and he's actually one of the reviewers on JP's Switch Mania's website. So my website. But it's called Ice and Easy. And it's really cool because the whole point is you have to collect 125 coins and then the flag becomes uh, selectable that you can hit. And it's very short. I mean, you're you're kind of like under under a cave with spikes constantly falling and then regenerating. I remember that level. Yeah. And, and I beat it. And I just remember to me, that was fun because you would die, but you kept going, getting a little bit further along in terms of how many coins you collected. So I wanted to keep trying it. And I finally did. I, I did beat it. And I just, I found that to be a fun challenge because right in the center is kind of, um, like a little hill that you can hide underneath. So no matter what, you always have a spot where you can kind of rest and then you jump back and forth left and right to get to the coin. So great level. I really like that. Um, and I will say uh, there's one level that I couldn't beat, but I really liked it. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can find it really quick. Yes, so it's called it's by Panic Tanya, and it's called Yikes Spikes. And I couldn't make it past the first screen, so I don't even know if there was more than one. But you jump into the Super Mario World, like Bowser's helicopter kind of uh chair thing i don't know if you remember this <laughs> that, the clown car 
the clown car. And you have to make it through the level, but you can bounce off the walls. And then if you bounce, you kind of hit the spikes above your head. So yeah. you have to be very perfect. And I remember getting a little bit further, a little bit further. And the whole time you're trying to avoid, at least in the beginning, the uh, those fire rotation uh, pillar things. And it was really hard. I mean, I could not beat it, but I thought it was a very cool concept. So I want to throw that one out. So and like then the, the icy one, I know I cleared that one first time. Um, like a lot of the levels that the, the people create that are non like impossible are like, you can clear them. Like I can clear most of them first time through, which is super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them though, like when they require like blind jumps and stuff, that's where like, that's my kryptonite. I can't right. even, can't even touch that stuff. <laughs> I hear you. And then the last one was, uh, by Jono. And it's Coin Hunt on the Frosty Path. So you have to collect coins. And I think... I'm going to see if I can see the description. Yeah, you have to find all the red coins along the way to finish the stage. Nice. And it was just a really cool level because you had like a mini boss battle. You had doors with keys that you had to find. And it was just really fun. So, I mean, I, I think it's amazing that I've only played, I would say, seven levels so far. But there's so many that people have been suggesting and saying, I just created my second level, my third level. And then on the Facebook group, we, we created a, like a pin thread of just everyone's custom levels. And it keeps growing and growing to the point that you'll never be able to play everything. Nope. And that's why this game is really going to last forever. It's just there's always going to be something new that you can do in, in, in this game. Exactly. And it's like just makes it so fun to just be able to share your experiences, enjoy it. Um, and just yeah. it just makes Mario go forever, which is perfect it's always it's what i always wanted as a kid was to be able to like just play mario brothers and of course people have said it a million times give us metroid maker give us zelda maker like yep. like do it like literally it would be too easy to give us those games like imagine a, creating a metroidvania or creating a top-down zelda like i mean if you, if you think about it, you have rpg maker coming out from nis so you have a game that you can build an entire role-playing game and you're right. Why can't you give us Nintendo first-party maker games? Yeah. Just the, the sheer amount of content that would be created, it would just be amazing. And you know with Zelda and, and Metroid, you think about being able to shift between the NES style, the Super Nintendo style. The, you know, If you want to go 3D, that would be really cool. I hope we see that one day. It would be amazing, and there's no reason for them not to be like creating that stuff right now behind the scenes. I hope they are like, that'd be right. awesome. And I mean, RPG maker was, was a classic back in the day. I had it for PS one. I just mm-hmm. remember like, it just took forever to make the in, engrossing stories. And like in the, since then, since the PS one days, like people have created full releases from like RPG maker games. Like it's been insane. And I just imagine like what people could do with like a switch version. Yeah, and you actually bring up a very good point. So one of, I would say from what I played, the the tidbit, or not the tidbit, but the one gripe I have is this game is best played in handheld because I started out playing it docked and trying to build a level with a, a, a pro controller versus just using your finger or if you're lucky enough to have a stylus is night and day for me. Yeah. Like I would not recommend playing the creation part in docked mode at all yeah it was just too cumbersome to to select all the objects and then 
just trying to remember kind of like, okay, the not the D-pad, but the buttons, you know, select the objects. Then the thumbstick moves Mar- Mario around. Oh, Do- it got frustrating. And it's almost oh, yeah. different when you play docked, which makes it even crazier. Yeah, so I would say if anyone's going to play this, I hope you're playing it handheld so you can really just enjoy quickly making, a, not quickly making a level, but quickly going through the option menus to make your level. For, for creation, yeah, for sure. For creation, yeah. Yeah. And so that being said, you did mention a stylus. Um, so there were multiple releases for Super Mario Maker 2, so I think we definitely have to hit upon that like before we start getting them in the mail. When we'll, we'll talk about them in future episodes when we get them. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, this it was crazy. So I can go into part of my adventure on last Friday. I'm going. So first of all, in the States, Target got a exclusive lunchbox that they had with that you would get for free when you bought the game. Mm-hmm. And so I went off to the stores and I was like looking, I think it target opened up at like eight o'clock or something. And I knew that best buy and would open up at 10. So I was like, well, let me go around nine thirty, nine forty-five, So that way I can hit up one. Then by the time I hit up target, best buy will be open. Cause I had an ulterior <laughs> motive for best buy. <laughs> um, which will go into my releases. But um, I went there, and it was funny because they were just walking out with a stack of Mario Maker 2s in their hand to, mm-hmm. the, to the point where she, she goes, oh, I just found these, she said to the other employee as I was walking up. And I go, oh, yeah, I've been looking for that. She looks at me and, like, drops them all. Like, they all slid out of her hand. Like, <laughs> they were like, and they all, like, fell like dominoes. And I was like, oh, man. I was like, that happens to me all the time when I'm moving, like, lots of video games. Um, I ended up going, of course, with the, um, the normal release and not the extra Nintendo Online release because it has that red bar on it. And to me, the red bar is like the greatest hits versions. Like it just didn't look, (laughs) it didn't look aesthetically pleasing. It cut the art off on the front. So Mm -hmm. I went for the standard release because it has the most art. It's just a normal release. Um, Mm -hmm. of course you, JP has to get them all. We, we all know this. Oh, I bought five versions of the game, so yes. Yeah. Um, so let's go into those five versions, since I think you know best on what was out there. I I did online purchase the Russian version. I didn't realize there was two Russian versions. But, I, didn't, um, I didn't know it first until somebody had told me, and the first thing I thought was, I paid like $30 more, and the guy dropped it in price, and it wasn't until I went to his auction I saw that they were actually slightly yeah. different. Because I saw I just, the thirty dollars cheaper, and I'm like, all right, let me buy that one. And I, I didn't realize. So, the, so the Russian version, um, <laughs> in Russia, they have a, a box with their game, and then it has like a little picture on it, and they have the quote unquote UK exclusive, but it's not now. Obviously, it's in Russia too. Um, Steelbook, Steelbook, and um, UK is PAL region. Um, Steelbook and the stylus. And I just wanted the mm-hmm. stylus anyways because, as you were mentioning, like playing it in handhold mode, like using your fingers, not too intuitive for me. But I'll act when I if I create a level, which I may never create one again. But if I do, I'm gonna use the Mario Maker stylus. So yeah. I'll have an extra copy of the game. I don't keep doubles, so I'll probably sell it either to a collector if they want the Russian version, mm-hmm. or but I'm gonna keep the stylus. Um, I didn't get the steelbook apparently, so that's. Stinks, yeah, but. and I will say the stylus is very nice. It's heavy too. It's not yeah. a cheap one. It's really nicely done, and it has really cool designs on it and characters on it. But 
Yeah, what's interesting about this is, you know, in the U.S. we didn't get this, but Nintendo reps in the U.S. did have it because I do know from a few people that work at various retailer stores, they were giving them to the employees. Yeah. So, so we have them. I mean, they're available in the U.S., but just not available for consumers to buy right now unless you go on eBay or you import it. And, yeah, that's, that's a shame. I don't understand that. I don't know where these region-exclusive goodies is originating from and who's who's thinking it's a good idea uh especially on a first party a first party game like mario and we you know we've seen this now with the zelda collector's edition and the steel book but yeah i mean i don't see why one region are get is getting this and not another especially in this day and age where the internet exists but again maybe that's why they're only doing certain regions because in reality like we still can get it yeah, it just but, sucks to have to pay the extra shipping. Like, and well, the shipping, and also if you're gonna buy it through a legitimate channel and not eBay, you're buying the game again. So, I mean, okay, maybe that's the only time you're gonna buy the game if you don't care about the rating on the box and if you're not a uh, like a country specific collector or getting it immediately, which was my thing. Like, I wanted to play it on release day. It's a Mario right. game. Like I need to play Mario on the worldwide release day. So like I'm not willing to wait for it to be shipped from that Russian dude on eBay. Like I got that well, later anyways. Well that's not coming till August apparently. And that's just crazy. I'm like I really hope it makes it to me cuz that's a long time in transit. <laughs> I am I I spent like what over about $200 for the two different boxes. Yeah, but I want it. But either way, the steel book is really cool because it comes shrink wrapped, but it actually has a slip cover over it. And I th- and I didn't realize that at first until you know mine came in, and I also saw pictures. But the steel book is nice. You know, it's a now it's another steel book, and it's official Nintendo Switch steel book size that holds the cartridge and is the right size as a Switch case. And I still feel that with these Nintendo cases, we're gonna see them probably at Best Buy or retail in the future. Because that, that's what's happened in the past. Uh, so the most recent one was the Pokemon Let's Go. Initially, it was a 7-Eleven Japan exclusive for this steelbook when it came out last November. And then out of nowhere, like a month or two ago, Best Buy made an ad for it on their Sunday flyer saying, oh, if you buy the game, you get the steelbook. And it was the exact same one, like identical. There was no difference. So... I would say if you're not willing to shell out the money on eBay or buy it, buy like a bundle version in the UK, I think for this one, if you do wait, we will probably see it at some point. Let's hope. But again, a lot of people bought this game already, so you're either going to have to buy the game again to get it, or if you're lucky enough, you know, maybe your store will sell it for you for whatever price it rings up in the system. So you said that you're not getting the Russian one until August? That's what it said for the shipping. Weird, yeah, because mine's in transit. I got a tracking number. Oh, no, no, mine, mine shipped already, but it says estimated arrival is, like, between August 8th and the 21st. Oh, but mine, yeah, it'll be stuck in customs. I mean, that goes without saying. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'll be pleasantly surprised if it comes earlier, just to have it, because I've never seen a Russian variant before, or a Russian, not variant, collector's edition. And, you know, a lot of people were saying, is this real, is this fake? And there were people in Russia that confirmed that this is a real Nintendo brand collector's edition. And it's really cool. It's a nice yellow box shrink wrap. And you, like you said, you have the option of the stylus and the steel book and the game or just the stylus and the game. And I think it's going to be a really cool piece to have down the road mm-hmm. because 
I think now as we enter year three, my collection is growing from, okay, yeah, I can, I can buy all the games to now, what are the cool country specific items that are coming out that I can't get anywhere else? Because those are the pieces that I really want to have. Exactly. Uh, And I have another one that, you know, we can, I can touch upon briefly that I just learned about. And this is to the credit of the Switch Core community. Is this for Mario Maker 2? No, no. Uh, We'll talk about that in the new releases. Fine, all right. (laughs) Like, you're going to, because that's a rabbit hole. But I will say for Super Mario Maker 2, I bought it off of the the Nintendo UK store. So I had a friend who uses a forwarder that, you know, helped me out and got it. And what's really cool is there was various bundles that were included. So I got the stylus, the the case, the game, and they all come packaged separately. But the other goodies was you can either choose like a notepad and pencil. Mm -hmm. And the notepad was huge. I didn't even realize it. And I wish I picked that one now. But I ended up going with the diorama toy set. So it came with, uh, I think it's Acorn Plains Diorama Set by Jax. And it's really cool. It comes with Mario, a pipe, a bomb, a Goomba, and the flag. Oh, yeah. I, I, saw, I saw those at either Walmart or Target. Yeah, they're available to buy. But now I wish that I had gotten the uh, the notebook or the notepad and the pencil because that, to me, looked a lot cooler. Yeah. But either way, it's nice to, you know, I'm, I'm glad I was able to get the steelbook and the stylus uh, first and foremost. Yeah, there was a lot of stylus bundle packs. There still are on eBay where it comes with a stuffy or some other stuff. And it's right. Like, I to me, it's like oh, just give me the game instead of including stuff that wasn't originally included with the game. Right. Because then it's going to be hard later on to know exactly what pieces were available. It's like, oh yeah, this one was sold with the bomb stuffy. Like, is that right. part of a real release now? Somebody just included it on eBay to make a couple bucks because they couldn't sell bomb stuffy. So like, <laughs> I'm think well. Of- well, in Japan, they actually did offer, and it, it's not bundled together, so it's still the plushie and the game separate, but they offered a whole bunch of options to get a different plushie character with the game. But you're right. I mean, to me, it's like, just give me the stylus and the steelbook, the the important stuff for the collector, not a plush that I could go to Target and pick up. Exactly. So, yeah. but, but now I have three, sorry, I have three Mario Makers in my house right now because I bought the, the U.S. regular, the U.S., regular with the one-year subscription and then i have the uk one don't need it don't need it (laughs) a lot of times i'll do either a giveaway or if somebody's looking for it i just give it at a discounted price because you know i already spent the money and i'm not going to get the same amount back when you can go into store so i i normally go on like the facebook groups and i'll just say like oh you know 15 dollars less with shipping if somebody wants it because otherwise it's just going to sit on my shelf Exactly. So, I mean, it's a moot point, but what is our recommendation for Super Mario Maker 2? <laughs> oh, stay stay away from it. It's a horrible, horrible game. Um, no, I I can't recommend this enough. I think it's, it's so much console seller. It is. That's it. Like, like literally, like, if you don't have a Switch, I, you wouldn't be listening to the podcast probably if you didn't. But well, like, maybe this, you would because you want to know more about the Switch. Maybe. Um, this would be the game that puts a lot of people over. And as we mentioned, this is game's going to go on literally forever to be able to play all the different unique things that people can create. And with how much was added from the last one, like even those that played a crap ton of Mario Maker on the Wii U. Like, there's so much here. And, like, I haven't even... We didn't even dig into, like, creating cooperatively. So, apparently, like, mm-hmm. two people can create together, which is shown on the cover. Like, I didn't even do that. 
No, I didn't either. It's gonna get insane. Like I'm gonna have some double levels created and stuff. Like it's it's gonna be really interesting. That's all I gotta say. And I would obviously recommend this to anybody who's a fan of not only Mario and platformers, but like just fun creations. And I would say even to someone who doesn't think that they would enjoy creating a level to give it a shot because you know if you if you dream it it, you can make it i mean that's really what it is i mean i am not a creator and i probably won't create too many more levels but just to just to see it come to life i mean it's amazing that the skilled the skilled people will obviously make these elaborate levels like insane levels but Mm -hmm. to me like like i am that super casual i played the games and I've made a level, and I, I don't know, you know, we've heard that they aren't the super best levels ever, but it's so fun to make, and anyone can do it, that I would I would highly recommend that everybody try and just make at least one level if you get this game, aside from just playing other people's levels, because it's so much fun. And I believe they even talked about, in the future, adding additional um, styles, because, you know, we have the five right now. We have one, three, world, U, and 3D world. But I heard that I thought there was going to be additional ones in the future. Yeah, I mean, there's so many different little treats they could do. I mean, just they could do a Game Boy style on its own. They've already kind of done some items for that. And you could do N64. I mean, it won't be 3D, but you could absolutely do N64 skins. Yeah. And I think that would be great. Like, I can't wait to see what they're going to be bringing out because there's going to be so... I have a feeling there's going to be so much more content coming that, you know, even holiday season, we're going to be talking about this game still. Highly likely. And, I mean, there'll be a... There might be a Mario Maker 2 update in the future, like, once we play some more and there's something notable to talk about because that's what we'll do is we'll fall back in. Um Absolutely. So, so JP, what is it's your choice? What is the next game that we're playing for the Switch Mania for episode ten? It's a milestone oh, episode. Oh no, I'm picking. I thought oh, you were. Oh <laughs> yeah, no, this is you. I I picked the last one. I picked Yoku. Oh, you Mario did Maker, pick Yoku. Mario yeah, Maker you... Two was a um was a both of us like we okay. had to play. You did pick Yoku. Well, you know, what? I'm gonna pick a game that is. <laughs> I think it's very silly, but somebody asked me if we could play it. Oh. So. Who am I to say no to our listeners? This is a listener request. Uh-oh. This is a listener request, and I don't know why. I mean, I'm just going to say, we're going to be playing drumroll Shaq Fu. Shaq Fu. <laughs> he, no. I don't know why he was like, you should play Shaq Fu. Trying to troll said, us. See? There's <laughs> you know what, though? It's actually, I. so I've only played a little bit, but I've had friends play it it's actually a fun game kind of ignore the sega genesis super nintendo shack food from back in the day this one they actually finally have it's a pretty much a side-scrolling beat-em-up yeah it's a, and, it's a beat-em-up I've, i played it too um a little bit and i also played barack Fu, where you get to play as former yep. president barack obama and shoot yep. the shit out of people um <laughs> which is hilarious it's almost like shit shaft but um it'll be fun to to just talk about it and you know it to me it wasn't the perfect game so maybe if i give it a a week it might it'll either really come out to how terrible it is or it'll come out to how it's decent we'll see yep and i'm gonna i have to run away for just one minute i will be right back sorry Uh uh-oh jp's i I have a three and a half year old screaming my name so i'm just gonna put him right back to bed See, this is real, folks. This is what happens when JP talks about Shaq Fu. It causes children to cry. 
Like, literally children are crying because he mentioned Shaq Fu. Um, <laughs> of course, you know, people thinking of the original. I actually got the Super Nintendo Shaq Fu, like, from a rental store. I got to, to buy a copy for, like, $20 or something for the Super Nintendo. And, oh my goodness, it was such a terrible game. Like, I just, just remember playing it, and then you would jump, and it would be sluggish, where Shaq would do, like, a little roll, like, Turtles 1 kind of jumping, where you do, like, a little roll, but it was slower. And even the, like, punches and kicks were sluggish. And I remember the Super Nintendo one had one less playable character than the Genesis version, and it was just an inferior game that wasn't... Wasn't that good, and I had unfortunately owned it, which was made it even sadder. But I know I got my copy of Shaq Fu for the Switch pretty cheap, so definitely worthy of checking out for the Switch Mania Playcast, and it'll it'll make for an interesting episode for sure. Um, JP gets back here. Well, we'll talk about what we got for um for this week. I mean. Obviously, I already talked about getting Mario Maker 2. We know JP got about 27 versions of Mario Maker 2. But I got a few different games and stories to go over, too. So, it should be pretty cool. And then I could finally go over that newsworthy rumor of the way that JP collects and how there's something out there that he's not even tracking. I figured it out last week after the episode, and JP wanted me to tell him. And I didn't tell him. I made him wait till today. So... That'll be fun, too. <laughs> Luckily, he's away, so he can't hear any of this. I also have been working on the Virtual Boy book. I actually wrote a section for the Switch in the Virtual Boy book um, because with the Virtual Boy book, you know, the Switch just did ToyCon 4 for the um, for the Switch was the VR goggles. So I went into, you know, the future from the Virtual Boy where it's like, this is kind of what Nintendo originally envisioned out of the Virtual Boy. This is the ultimate version, and going into the aspects of Breath of the Wild, um, having some VR aspects to it, Mario Galaxy or Mario Odyssey having some VR levels themed, and then Smash Brothers having a, a VR mode as well. So it's super cool to see it supported beyond just the little gimmick demo game that comes with the toy con for the for the vr for the switch but um yeah i'm gonna definitely i still haven't gotten the vr one so it'll still be i need to get that so i can experience it i just wrote about the aspects of it the general aspects for the virtual boy book uh, that one should be going to print soon um i'm just finishing up adding all the reader um, sections, the contributor sections for those Kickstarter backers, and that's something that we're gonna have for the Switch Collector book. It's we're taking that again this fall to Kickstarter, um, but there will be an opportunity for you, the listeners, for readers, for Kickstarter backers to contribute their stories from games within the first volume, which is co- which for this volume is gonna cover the first year of the Switch. Um, everything streamlined with the um, modern layouts uh, some of you have actually came on live streams where jp and i have went over nuances i'm uh, back going over it and it was super cool seeing feedback from everybody um jp is back as you heard him i'm back. i'm sorry 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 <laughs> going over the switch book a little bit and okay a little out of order today sorry about that yeah 
But anyways, um, it'll be it'll be coming out in the fall, and there'll be opportunities for you all to contribute. Um, so let's move over since we know that now Shaq Fu. I went over a little bit of a Shaq Fu story. Um, okay. But um, and alluded to a couple sections we're gonna go over. So let's go over the what we've gotten in section. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned already, got in Super Mario Maker two. Um, mm-hmm. The other part of my story for my Friday adventure was um, I was going to try to get the Bloodstained Steelbook mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, I've had like a 100% success rate finding limited items, like rare, like low production items locally. And so my idea was I'm going to go to Target and then go to Best Buy. So I went to Best Buy. Um, I look around, I see one copy of Bloodstained um, Ritual of the Night sitting there mm-hmm. for the PS4. I'm looking and I'm like, oh, there's no Switch version, number one. Um, number two, I already have the Switch version. But then mm-hmm. I just ask a couple employees to walk by. I'm like, hey, could you check in the back to see if you have any of the um, the Steelbooks? And so they go in the back for like five minutes. I'm looking around, just seeing if there's anything. And I see a copy of Bloodstained Curse of the Moon, which is a different cover than what I have from Limited Run Games because, you know, Limited Run Games does different covers from online and in Best Buy. So I was like, well, at least I'll get this because it's it like 30 bucks or something. Because Ritual of the Night was 40 this was 30 I was like, cool, I'll get this. Um, and at least it was, my trip there wasn't for nothing. Mm-hmm. And then they come out, and they don't have anything. They're like, yeah, we don't have any. I don't think we got any in. I showed them a picture of it. They looked like they'd never seen it before. <laughs> um, so I was like, oh, great. Um, I was like, yeah, I think they got them in maybe with the you know the people who pre-ordered. Maybe y'all ran out. Cool. So I just went, looked around a little bit, went up near the front. They had a display cabinet, like mm-hmm. their little new releases. And there were some copies of Ritual of the Night there um, in the display cabinet. And they had some Switch ones. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, so here's where these were. Um, so then I go to check out and I have my curse of the moon and I go, Hey, so I just, you know, asked them in the back. They didn't have any, but I saw you had some extra blitzing up here and they're like, Oh yeah, we have a steel book. And it's like sitting right there behind them on the counter. Like uh-huh. you could, I couldn't even see it. It just saw black and they show it and they're like, yeah, we think this was a pre-order. Like, Hey, is this for sale or is it? No, it, go, it goes with the game. I was like, okay. And I was like, well, I have this. And they're like, okay, cool. So I got a $30 copy of Bloodstained Curse of the Moon, which is the uh, NES version, with <laughs> Steelbook for free. That's that, that's a good deal. <laughs> and I and I wanted that copy of, because I have like a, a Bloodstained display now with my mm-hmm. collection, which looks awesome. And I, I put, I created a Perlers of Zangetsu and Miriam when I played Curse of the Moon the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, I had Perlers, and they were in my game room up above a like one of the paintings I have, so I, I put it down with the Bloodstained Games. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think it looks super rad, and you know, I have the, the actual Steelbook opened up, and everything looks crazy. Um, of course, you know, Igarashi, the, the, the jerk that he is, being awesome and everything, posted a copy of the, um, the other version that they're doing, the Alchemist Treasure Reward. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a big box slipcase um, that has amazing artwork by Ayami Kojima, mm-hmm. and like the it's like a painting on the back of this box. Like it looks freaking outstanding. They said it as a Kickstarter update today, 
And I'm like, oh, I didn't get that version. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, think, I think I backed at the $100 one, so I think I get that one. I don't and, know. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Did it say when it's coming or when it's going to be released? I mean, no. <laughs> they're never going to tell us when that stuff. Okay. It just says um, they're just showing a look of it. It's that's <laughs> it. But I mean, okay. it looks amazing. Like it, the slipcase is open on one side to hold your game soundtrack and other alchemist treasure rewards. So you're looking at the spine in both of these images, is what they said. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and that's it. Like they just show it. It looks awesome, but of course you can't have it facing both front and back because the art they put on the back, which is mm. interesting. So, but I mean. The front is literally just the Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. So if you have other versions of the game, you can display the Bloodstained logo mm-hmm. and then still have the art on the back. So Nice. Yeah, it's just it's interesting. I wonder if they'll have a different case variant with this art on it, too. That would be amazing. Mm. Like, it's just... Like, for those that need to look this... You need to look this up. It's it's awesome looking. Um, yeah, and nice. Bloodstained is, is a super cool... You know, it's just... You know, fans of Castlevania. That's what we love. Yeah, exactly. um, so I, I got actually two other games in, which is big for me. Like, I got a couple games in. Um, both uh, from different members of the Switch community. Um, okay. One was somebody posted up some some of uh, the Super Rare games up, and I got a copy of Lone Wolf. Oh, nice. Um, in. So I, I just looked it up, and I was like, I didn't realize that the creator of the game passed away too so i was like oh that's really cool it's like a tribute type deal so um i want to experience it just to see what you know his ideas were it's more of a 3d type rpg game so Mm -hmm. looked cool to me um gonna definitely check it out eventually and hopefully i'll be able to open it up someday maybe we'll have to play it on a future playcast or something Mm -hmm. it's a rare one um, the other thing that I got finally um, was I got the ukulele N64 box edition. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was a member posted that a while ago. I forgot about it. But the best part was is when the member sent it, um, they put it in a you know, a normal shipping box. But then in that box was an Oregon Trail card game box. I'm like, what the oh, hell really? is this? And you open it up, and it perfectly fits the ukulele box in there. Oh, that's <laughs> I was awesome. Like, I was like, you guys. Like, you trolled me. It was perfect. It was awesome. <laughs> um, and I'm going to use that again to send somebody a Super <laughs> Nintendo game because my Super Nintendo games are the same size for the, the limited <laughs> ones that I have. I haven't even put those up for sale yet. But, um, but yeah, so it was cool getting that. And that means, though, that I have two copies of ukulele uh, now. So I'm going to sell one probably on the community for cost or whatever like just yeah nice pay it forward and get somebody out there but yeah those are the four games that i got there's a bunch shipping i think i had like indicators and stuff so i should have a few things coming in soon um Mm -hmm. just like the you mentioned la mulana too um pre-orders got extra items from Mm -hmm. play asia too like unique items and mine, as I always do, I bundle shipped, and some of the stuff isn't coming over out till like third quarter. So I emailed them today at PlayAsia, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we can split that up for you." So they're splitting it up and shipping it already. And oh nice! Cost me like seven extra dollars to ship the other two items later. I was like, "That's fine." Yeah, because I would I, I wouldn't be guaranteed those initial release items if I didn't do that. 
Oh, really? They want to pull it aside and kept it for you? No, they're going to pull it out when the other stuff's uh, available. Uh, and I asked them that. I'm like, am I going to be? They're like, well, the only way to guarantee it is to get a ship now. I was like, oh. oh that's interesting. I'm glad I reached out. So anybody listening, if you pre-order something and you want the initial items, especially from PlayAsia, you got to make sure you don't double ship or you ship it individually because you may not get those original pre-order right. items if they run out. That's, that's good to know. I didn't know that. Yeah. Found that out. All right. Shit. What did you get, JP? Sorry, I thought I heard... I think my son's having a hard time sleeping tonight. Okay. I guess he's not awake. Um, so I got a number of games in, but that's no surprise at this point. Mm-hmm. But let's just start, I guess, with the U. Let's start with the U.S. releases. Besides, so we, for obviously the million Mario Makers. Too, yeah, we'll skip those. But so what I got in was and I'm going to put these alphabetical really quick. The first one was MotoGP 19. So this year's MotoGP Classic came out. JP games. <laughs> you know what? I I like motorcycle games for some reason, and I always want to. Tr- I always try each one. I haven't I haven't had time yet for this. But I've opened up every single single motorcycle game that has come out for the Switch. I'm always hoping just for that one perfect one. So yeah. And I mean, the thing is, I call them the classic JP games because it's like the stuff that you would get only if you're a completionist. Like, unless you're like obsessed with that genre, like yeah. only the completionist is going to get it. <laughs> I will say the previously the TT Isle of Man Ride on the Edge is an excellent street uh, motorcycle. Such a weird name. <laughs> yeah. But it's good. All right, so the next one I got was Red Faction Gorilla Remastered. Yeah. So that just came out this week. I picked it up. I yeah, would want that is like a strategy game, right? Yeah, it's uh, you use gorilla tactics and strategic destruction in an epic battle for control of the yeah. red planet. So hopefully it's, it's cool to see a, a red cover. faction on the Switch, though. That's all. Yeah. Okay, the next one is... Oh, that's actually a UK. I'll move that aside. So the next uh, US one was Will... A Wonderful World from PM Studios that just came out on Tuesday. And it's a visual novel uh, puzzle type game. Yeah. And it actually looks really cool because it says, change the fate of nine unique characters. You rearrange key moments in the letters they send to alter the events in your favor. And hours of puzzles and story all ending with different outcomes. Well, that sounds cool. And I'm, I, I want to play this one. I think I actually may put this on the future playcast. For us because i don't play visual novels at all and i really want to there's a there's quite a number that have come out already for the switch and many more announced that i i hear good things about it and this one just looks fun so jp is going to try to get me to buy a visual novel now on the switch that i don't own maybe i don't, I'll I don't own any of this <laughs> i don't own any of them okay well no rush we won't do it right away <laughs> like okay. if you have a digital copy or something i'll play so then let's move over to australia I have one uh, variant cover exclusive, and I bought... So this game came out in the UK. It's a digital only in a physical case. It's Cricket 19, official game of the Ashes, and I got the Australia cover. So it has Australian players on it. It has a green backing, uh, but now I own two versions of this game. (laughs) Okay. Then we're going to ignore Super Mario Maker 2 for the UK. Times one so the next, Yep. So the next game I got, I only got one from the UK, and that's Nippon Marathon from P-Cube. And just really quick about this game is, have you ever seen those wacky Japanese 
uh, reality shows, kind of like the obstacle course ones. This is what this is. It has crazy characters. And you're like wearing weird costumes, right? Yeah, one's wearing a crab. One is wearing like a jacket with a unicorn horn. One is like an old man in like a Sailor Moon outfit. I mean, it's just a crazy kind of game. And the obstacles are just like things trying to attack you and knock you over. And it's a race to see who can win in the Nippon Marathon. But what's really nice about this, yeah. Yeah, so interestingly, did you know that they have a show on ABC right now called where they're doing that, but with mini golf, and they're calling it Holy Moly. Hold on one. Yep, Holy Moly. We started watching that. And it's literally like this, like Nippon Marathon or <laughs> like Takaishi's Challenge, which was the classic yes. Japanese game. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. I, Holy Moly, I kind of hope it gets made into a video game now because oh, it's just it so wacky. It needs to be. like It needs to be a Switch game, physical. And so the one thing I do want to mention about Nippon Marathon, and I think I talked about it last week, with Valtherian uh, hero story is that P-Cube is doing what they're calling. I don't know if we've called it now this or if they called it, but they're calling it budget titles. So they're about 19 to $20 or $19.99 to $20.99. And they're just inexpensive switch games that they're bringing to the switch. And they're available, you know, through Amazon UK shop for Megastore. You know, you can easily import them. And I really like it because you don't really see games for that cheap. And they're good games, too. I mean, it's not like they're, they're filler titles or, or shovelware games. They're, they're fun games. But Nippon Marathon and the Valtherian were the first two. And they recently showed three more coming out. Or actually, I think maybe four at this point that are coming out in September. So this budget line is starting to grow. And I think it's great because it's just, you know, it's... Uh, it's a good price point for people, and they're pretty fun games. I mean, they're, I, I was really looking forward to playing Nippon Marathon physically, so just be on the lookout for those because they're coming. Okay, and then let's finish. Yeah, let's go into the, the Japanese uh, Asia releases next. So two of them don't support English, but I thought they were easy enough to understand, so I picked them up. Mm-hmm. One was the Puyo Puyo Esports. So if people know the Puyo Puyo series, it's similar to Tetris a little bit, and you match the color blobs as they fall down. So I played very quickly. The game is easy to understand. The menu options, not so much. So I need to look online to kind of make sure so I'm like going to the right section. Puyo isn't like Tetris, but they did a Puyo oh. Puyo Tetris game on the Switch combined. Yes, sorry. Like, yes, yeah. that one came out in the U.S., and then this one is Puyo Puyo eSports. You have some Tetris elites going after us here, JP. You gotta watch yeah, I'm out. sorry. They're, they're going to go crazy. <laughs> you corrected me in the same episode. We're good. <laughs> but yeah, no, like it. I saw that one available. It looks really cool. Um, and it was a cheap too. Version of Puyo Puyo, which is fun. I think it was like 1,900 yen, which is not that much. And I think your other game you got is one that we talked about a few episodes ago. Available, which, available for pre-order. Which one? The other game you're about to talk about that you just got in? I don't think so. My next game is, uh, I had to look this up, GQ Powerful Pro Yaku. Huh? So it's a baseball game. Oh. I, thought, uh, I thought you got in La Mulana too. You posted a picture of it. Yeah, but that's that's L. I'm up to J. Uh, Going alphabetical. Ah, I said the other game that you have. I'm not because I did Puyo Puyo. Never exactly. mind. I'm that's sorry. what I'm saying. Like you're, you're just going all out of order. Okay. I know. You know what? I don't know how to alphabetize that 
midnight. Sorry. Doesn't know how uh, to do alphabets here, people. And yeah. that's why I was so, like, if he's so going this- L, maybe if he did T, maybe he's going to go right back to L. That's long, well, actually, long I'm going to go back to H after this. I realized I, I put this completely out of the border. But anyway, so GQ Powerful Pro Yaku is from Konami. And it's like a chibi baseball kind of game. Like the characters look like bobbleheads almost. And it's that's full on baseball. Japanese baseball series. And it, and it actually came with an amiibo card. So it has amiibo support, which is interesting. I don't know, besides this one card that it came with as a pre-order bonus, what it does in the game or if it even supports like the, like the Nintendo amiibos. But it says amiibo support. And I don't know how easy it is to play this game, you know, aside from once you're actually in the baseball the baseball part of it, but I bought it, and I have it now. Uh, okay, so I'm going to jump back to H now. So I picked up a game that had an Asia-English release. It's called Hell Warders. So I picked that up, and it's a select a hero, defend your army, so it's kind of like a strategic tower, tower defense, defense kind of game. Yeah. But it says co-op with four players, adventure, explore the story, action boss fights. Uh, so it looks pretty cool. And so two things about this. One is that I got this from Play Asia, and even though it didn't say it in the description, it came with a little Switch cartridge case that holds three cartridges. And on one side it says Hell Warders, and on the other side it just says Hong Kong with, like, random pictures of, I guess, landmarks in Hong Kong. But it's packaged in a Hell Warders, like, plastic packaging. So I thought that was pretty cool. I shared it. And then other people were mentioning that they got this from Play Asia, and it didn't come with it. And when they reached out to Playasia, they had no idea what this was about. So I can't say what's going on with this pre-order bonus because nowhere did it say I was going to get it. I wasn't expecting it, but it was in the box and it matched the game that I got. So I don't know. Maybe I just got lots of little things as we go along with uh, the Nintendo Switch as it's released that you're going to find out things like that happen a lot where there's little items that happen to be in something. And then for no rhyme or reason, it doesn't come with others like... Like, that's where the community is awesome, is people are posting that stuff, so then you find out about it. Yes. Oh, yeah. And like I said, I have a story about something that I had no idea existed in Germany until somebody just private messaged me. Eh, you know, we're here. I'll just say it really quick. So, yeah, we're Super here. Smash... What? We're here. We're here. So, what? Super Smash what? Brothers... What? What? <laughs> <laughs> so, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate came out. Everyone knows. Everyone owns it. And I didn't even know this was a thing, but in Germany, at Media Mart Retailer, they had an outer slip cover that went over the game. It had the same cover as the game, but it opened up, and in, in the in, inside of this like slip cover thing, it just talks about the online membership, like you know Nintendo Online, whatever. So that's the only difference, just a little slip cover. So he shared that with me, and I said, oh, this is really cool. I kind of want it. And he was able to pick one up for me. But I initially posted it to the Facebook group and to other people on Twitter because I didn't know this person. I didn't know if it was legit. Nobody had seen it. Even people who went into Media Mart had not seen it. They thought it was maybe like a retail display copy that they put on on the floor. But I don't think it was. Somehow it was just a version that came out with this like promotional slipcover thing. So either way, it's supposed to be on its way to me. And when it comes in, I'll, I'll share pictures with it. But I think it's pretty cool that... Because of this community and kind of people are starting to get to know me, I'm learning about things that I never would have known about. And oh, it just you're, makes You're my... going to learn about a new one today that you never knew about. Okay, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> um, so, so my last Switch game, 
And then I still have one more piece that I got in today. But my last Switch game is La Mulana 2. Yep, it's La Mulana Jap- that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and sadly, this release is only Japanese and I think Chinese tech supported. It does it's not support English. Yeah, and even though it has English on the cover and the spine, like it says La Mulana 2 in English, it doesn't support it. Uh, but what's what's interesting, two things, is one, that the developer was talking about a Western release. So it sounds like we are going to be getting one either digitally or maybe even physically. Maybe a mm-hmm. publisher will pick it up. But there's a Japanese retailer called Beep that I picked this up from, and they had a special box to hold this in, reminiscent of the MSX-style boxes from back in the day. Yeah. So it has La Mulana 2 on the front with an image. On the back, it has a description of it. And here's the other interesting thing. The description is in English on the back. Yeah, so before we started recording, JP was asking me the history of the MSX because I have an MSX. And I had to tell him that the, the actual box that they released on Beep was a tribute to the classic MSX release of Nightmare with K-N-I-G-H-T. Nightmare, mm-hmm. which is a classic game on the system. And interestingly and i had to give him crap was when we talked about this game a couple weeks ago i said oh yeah there's a game coming out la Mulana." jp never happened to mention that there was a random beep release like he keeps that stuff to himself people you gotta you got watch out for jp i do not so i shared sneaky. that on twitter a long He's time so ago sneaky like oh when we, we we talk about it on the switch playcast here we gotta we gotta let the people know but well, yeah now i know that you want to so, know everything i will not omit anything again the, the listeners want to know everything all right um but no so what was cool about beep though is they also did the umahari kawasi release of the super famicom so i think for anything like that's a small palatable collection so you got umahari kawasi you got la milana 2 you got the upcoming cotton re-release yep. that we were talking about off air um that they're going to do a release for uh, they have a poster right now on their site so it'll probably be that kind of art but mm-hmm. it's interesting that they did super famicom release an msx release and like i play and have collections of the msx and of super famicom and covered all the super famicom games so it's like to me it's like i love the japanese aspect of the 16-bit and 8-bit mm-hmm. eras so that's a really cool nuance they're really limited though um to get those and probably gonna have to use like a mail forwarder or something else um yeah and yeah, what, what's interesting is cool. they they have a screenshot of the title screen for La Mulana 2, and it's completely in English. It says, start, continue, load, option, book, and exit. Good. No clue why English wasn't supported. But either way, I, and you mentioned about these pre-order bonuses of first edition. So it also came with a notebook, like a notepad, actually, I should say. Mm-hmm. And it came with a CD soundtrack that has nine songs under La Mulana 2, and then it has seven songs one, two, three, four, five, eight songs under La Mulana 1. So it looks like it's a compilation of the music from both games. Because yeah. it's called La Mulana Journey is the name of the CD. So and I like that. I- La, Mul- La Mulana was a ex- digital only, the original one. And mm-hmm. it was a, I think, I want to say it's original Wii. Um, mm-hmm only digital games so this is the first time they've released it physically it would be interesting if they did like a hd version for the switch and got that Mm -hmm. physical too so you can have one and two physically finally that would be cool hint hint peoples and there is one more item that i got that is definitely going in my ever-growing switch museum now it's not a game per se it's not available for retail but if you've been following 
on Twitter. And also if you're in the Facebook group, it was brought up. But there was a guy on eBay selling not for resale demo uh, cartridges from Nintendo. And I picked one up. I picked up an illegal cartridge, not for resale. Not for resale. And and I think it says demo pack. So my guess is these are the ones that probably go in the kiosks and retailers. I don't know because it won't work in my system. I think you need a special demo unit system for this to play. But it says property Nintendo Quest V2 HAC-RTL demo GPK only. And I won't say how much I spent on it, but I went in. Yeah, I went in with five other people and we worked out a deal with the seller. So we each got a cartridge and they're each different of slightly different codes. We just don't know what's on them, but this is definitely, I think, now one of my cool pieces in the Switch collection that I have now. Uh, but but I got it. Nintendo's now knocking on your door. because you have owned I'm this. not going to be sharing this on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> this stays on the, the Playcast only. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot of little weird and cool items that are out there. I mean, there's a little pin that's out there that is, um, I don't know if you ever watch um, Rick and Morty. Mm-mm. You never seen. I haven't. So basically, there's a game on Rick and Morty, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like called Roy, a life well lived, and you play virtual reality, and you play a whole life of somebody, the entire life, you live it all out of Roy. Okay. And somebody released an enamel pin of the game. It says Nintendo Swifty. Like, get swifty was the thing, but it's Nintendo uh-huh. Nintendo Sw- Sh- Switch, it's Nintendo Swifty, it's a pin, and then the uh, the number on it is Wubba-Lub-Dub-Dub, which is what Rick says on there, <laughs> like, so it's like, it's just like a little Switch cartridge, it's it's hilarious, uh-huh. but I think it's 12 bucks shipped, haven't actually bought it yet, I should, probably, the seller's away till July 6th, so. Um, is this what you found that you wanted to tell me about? Nope. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, it's just a cool little item that I saw on eBay like a long time ago, and I I put it in my watched list. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, no. I, yeah, I love things like that. And even now, like with E3, they have the E3 lanyards, the link to the Link's Awakening keychain. That's I mean, super rare. Not super rare, but it's expensive to buy on eBay right now. And it was given away at the Nintendo like uh, show floor. Yeah. Which you know, next year I'm hoping to go so I can pick all these cool things up, but. What what did you find that I don't know about? I've been waiting all week. <laughs> JP's been waiting all week. It's driving him nuts. How about so, don't make me wait any longer? So let's do a um a historical background on on this. So um, it it goes in the lines of like we're talking with beep exclusives and things. So it's there's exclusive items that come out, and they've been coming out for years that hardly anybody knows about. And nobody really talks about. Um, and there is. The Switch is also part of this. So, do you know what a military challenge coin is? Yes. So, like, a military challenge coin is something that you earn for doing things in the Army. So, for example, when I was in the Army in 2004 and finished our first Ruck March in basic training, we got a coin with our unit on it and all that. Um mm-hmm. Going through and doing great things in the army will get you, like in the military too, get you coins. Um, Mm -hmm. So there is a store on every military base called a post exchange, base exchange on Air Force bases, NEX, Naval Exchange. 
Um, and they are like a mini little Walmart, mini little Target. And they get they have video games there. Uh, it's tax free, by the way. Mm-hmm. So there's no taxes. Um, I literally the other day found games for three dollars. I got like Xbox One games that were like three bucks a piece. Like, oh, is that where you got them from? New. Yeah. Like I was like, holy cow! Uh, they're just liquidating them out. Um, so along those lines, the first releases of some of these games get challenge coins. And exclusive hmm. to the game. So usually it's um, like a Bethesda. And Bethesda has released some Switch games. Uh, so there's a Doom coin out there. Yeah, <laughs> there's a Doom coin out there. It's There's one online for like 25 bucks on eBay because I missed out on it. I'm like, ooh, I don't want to pay $25 for one coin. Um, but there's there were definitely a lot that go out there because I would say every exchange probably gets about a dozen maybe um but it's a limited rare thing um i can't confirm if the doom coin was released re-released when they did the switch version because you know the switch version was released later right so it may not have been released with it but it's for that game's release um there's like at the exchange over here right where i'm at I went into there just to check, and they have one for Call of Duty Black Ops 3. They have one for Evil Within 2, which are non-Switch releases. Uh-huh. And so, but as games come out, like Wolfenstein 2, mm-hmm. there's there could very well be a, a challenge going for that. So that is a, a random collectible aspect. I have a Fallout 4 coin. I have one from Elder Scrolls Online from back in the day. Um, I got a, a bunch that I've collected over the years, and I completely... That's what I was thinking of last week, but I couldn't remember. And then I went and was getting those Xbox One games. And I'm like, there it is. Yes, this is exactly what I was thinking about. It's like, it's a whole nother aspect that nobody knows about. Unless mm-hmm. you've been on a military base. Like, you see them and you're like, heck yeah. Because sometimes, so the exchange that I'm at, they actually put the cases, uh, the um, the coins in the case with the game. Like a little, like, removable case. Oh, but most post exchanges don't use the security cases. They just put the games on the shelf. Mm-hmm. And you got to ask and know that they have them. And they have them behind, like, underneath the register. And they'll pull out. That's how I got my Fallout 4 coin. They pulled out, a, a like, 10 coins. Or, oh, here's one. Hmm. <laughs> like, that's literally what they do. So sometimes, like, they, there might be Doom coins sitting at a post exchange somewhere like Fort Jackson, South, you know, or Fort Jackson, South Carolina, or Fort Leonard, Missouri, might have a Doom coin right now sitting underneath a register at the exchange. And this is called a Doom Challenge coin? Yeah, so if you go to eBay, which we can do, which and I, listeners can do, Doom which I'm at right now, Army coin. And there's literally a coin that's like 3D. Uh, there's no matches anymore, so you got to look at sold. Because apparently somebody bought it. Um, Doom. Actually, just type in Doom coin. There it is, the Doom coin. Oh, is that the 3D Metal Challenge coin military exclusive? Yep. Oh, wow, that looks cool. And they all look awesome. And on the back, they have, like, a representation, like, thank you for your service type deal. Oh, so, wow. So, like, it's a, it's a challenge thing. And, yeah, it's $25. $26 is what they the one 
seller sold it for. The thing is, it's not that it's quote unquote rare; it's that most military people don't sell on eBay. So when they mm-hmm. buy it, they just don't. They just hold on to it, like so. They're not going to be that available too much. Oh man, these are cool. Yeah, so that's another realm. If you uh-huh. look, if you look at the back, says you know armed forces and everything, mm-hmm. and it's like three D ish for Doom. That's the only one that I could find that has a Switch release right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the future, we're gonna see more. Like it's nice. it's something to keep ear to the ground for, and you know I have a way to get into exchanges, so I will keep my ear to the ground as well, of course. But yes, keep me in mind, please. Yeah. Exactly. It's like a it's a thing now where there's something that that was released in the US that JP doesn't have and now he's going uh-huh. to obsess till he gets it. So, I will say before we move on, or actually as we're moving on, as we're talking, somebody has a new world record on the Switch Mania Playcast level that I created. <laughs> so, you know, we we said who the winner was before and they just posted and they tagged me, but Casey uh at Cubsfan0430 now has the world record at nine seconds point eight three three. Nice. So, so we have a new new world record holder. I don't know if anyone's gonna beat that, but congratulations and thanks Congrats. for playing. Congrats. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Okay. Yeah, that's super cool. Um yeah, so so now JP knows the new um the new thing that he has to look out for for Switch games. And it's it's literally all games though. It's not just the Switch. So but yeah, craziness. And yeah, it'll be fun to um to see if we can see what we get for the Switch in the future. Um anything else for this episode? I know um we didn't really talk about what's new, limited available for order. Um so I know this yeah. This week, uh, at least for limited run games, yes. I know this week we have um, the Sonic the Hedgehog tribute. Um, what's the game called? The, well, the purple character. Be- it's it's about to go. It's be done on Friday. Yeah. So Freedom Planet. Freedom Planet will be done, and then we have a new game starting on Friday. Yes, Transistor. So that's going to be me probably buying both on Friday, and then wondering why Freedom Planet doesn't get shipped to me because. Mm-hmm. I've- because they're both excellent games i think transistor does that fall into the digital only from 2017 switch book that i'm gonna have yeah, to remove it was it 27 it was 20 yeah 2017 2018 it was digital only but yeah it's coming out physically and there's gonna be a collector's edition as well so it's gonna be uh i think it's gonna be a good one it's a definitely a very popular game i've heard a lot of good things about it so i'm happy to see it come physically and I'll definitely be picking. Well, of course, I'm picking it up, but I'm I'm going to be picking it up, and I'm hoping to play this one. Wow. Yeah. Um. There was some other stuff that I wanted to make mention of because I don't. It came out last Thursday, Friday. It got announced, so it was very late in the week, and there's just a few limited things that I don't want people to miss out on, and. You know, these are number not numbered in terms of like one out of X, but just how many are being produced. But there's a company called Dispatch Games. You might remember them from such games as Penguin Wars and Soul Dam, mm-hmm. uh, and also the upcoming Cyvaria Delta they're bringing to the West. But there's a new one that they announced last week called Radergy Swag. Yeah, which, that was looked weird. Yeah, so it's a shoot 'em up. Apparently, it's a series. Um, yeah. or an existing series. A lot of people love it. I mean, when it got announced, every, a lot of people were just like, jumping up for joy. 
and my son is calling me again. This is a weird episode, everybody. I'll be <laughs> right back. Sorry. <laughs> JP disappeared again. So that being said, I think now is a good time to wrap things up. Uh, we're almost at the two-hour mark anyways, and JP has to go get his son. Um, we'll get in-depth on the limited run stuff uh, upcoming. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. You can find me at HagensAlley.com. Find JP at JPSwitchmania.com and everywhere on social media. Thank you for listening to the Switchmania Playcast.